This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. It finished at Ewood Park. Blackburn Rovers 2, City 3, eight games undefeated, up to third. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? Joining me this evening, I'm pleased to welcome Mark, Ian and Les. Good evening, gentlemen. Are we uh, all happy? Happy clappy, Dave. Yep. Yeah, on top, top of the world. Top of the world. Top of the world. Over the moon. Okay. Over the moon, over the moon. 16 goals. I think only Man City have scored more goals than us in the entire uh, football league. 11 conceded, goal difference of five. I mean, we're up there, as I put on uh, Twitter, you know, it's a case of what do we need to do to stay there? But we'll uh, analyse uh, that. We'll talk about that later in the podcast. Uh, like I do with uh, all the chaps, we'll have a quick sort of 30-second summary, not the detail, but just general thoughts. I'll start with you first this week, Mark. Just a quick... 30-second summary of your uh, feelings on the final whistle today. Yep, City's risk and reward football is paying off in spades. Uh, first uh, first half performance where they blew back, Blackburn away uh, was uh, was only rewarded with one goal when they deserved three or four. Great move from the back, put City away for the first goal with Tommy Conway. Dong! Sec- a, second, a second from Dong. Wells. And third, and third, second from Wells, and and uh, a second and third from Wells left Blackpool with an with an uphill struggle. They scored near the end, but three two flattered the Blackburn the Blackburn team, and City came away with three points, third in the league. And what a journey we're on! Yeah, we are. yeah. I, I'm guessing Ian, you went dong in the background because Mark started to go into the detail of the goal. So. Um, Ian, your 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 thoughts on the game in thirty seconds? Great away win. I'd have settled for that at three o'clock. Nice to see Naki score a couple of goals. And there you are. You can do it in under thirty seconds, Mark. Not four minutes. <laughs> Les, your uh, your 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 thoughts. You watched. Yeah. Whole, we all watched the whole game today. We managed to find a feed that wasn't on a virtual private network. So uh, lots of yeah. Listen, your thoughts. I thought I thought we were excellent. I thought we were aggressive. I thought we put them under pressure. I thought we were calm in the ball. I thought uh, we pressed well. I just thought we played with confidence. We were brave. I can't remember the last time we passed as well in with those short, quick passes. Uh, and I think we bullied Blackburn, to be honest. And I think you know Blackburn were missing. A number of players they were missing the number of their centre midfielders and I think that showed a bit so we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but at the same time Jada Silva, Matty James, Alex Scott players who have played well in spells this season but I can't I think that's their best performances of the season Alex Scott ran the show Matty James best performance in the Bristol City shirt Jada Silva best performance in a year and a half and every player knew exactly what their job was and they played as a team every player 7, 8 out of 10 and we deserve to win by more 
Fantastic. Yes, we certainly did uh, deserve to uh, win by more, but we did have a few nervous moments uh, at the end. And when it got to 2-1, we were thinking, mm, came back with a goal. And then uh, I'm just glad that the referee blew. But I think it was a confident performance uh, all round. And uh, you could tell what it meant to the lads on the, the final whistle. Um, Mark, the uh, starting lineup. Um, you don't change a winning team, do you? Some people were talking about Conway or Wales dropping out to let the beast uh, come on, but uh, no surprises in the lineup for you, Mark. All right, I'll come to you, Ian. Ian, no surprises in the lineup for you. I was quite surprised to see. Um, uh, I was quite surprised to see the same team because I thought Conway and Scott looked knackered. Uh, at the end of the game against Huddersfield. But I was delighted um, for the way that the team played. Um, so in terms of the lineup, I, I thought he might have reverted to Williams and James in midfield instead of Scott and James. But I'm glad Scotty played because he's the one midfielder that we've got that as soon as he gets the ball, he looks to play forward. Mm. Uh, whereas the others are quite content to go backwards or sideways. And there's there's a time and a place for that. But I was pleased. I was pleased with that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, unmu I'm unmuted now. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 well, Mark, your thoughts on the lineup, the Scott James midfield combo. You've got the forwardness of, uh, you've got the forward player of Scott, and you've got the experience of James. You haven't got the uh, maybe the energy of uh, Masengo, but uh, no complaints about sticking with a winning team. No, and it's it's fluid. You could see that in the first half, the fluidity of our play. You know, we, we look, we don't just look like Arsenal in the first half. We played like it. Short passing, getting in, getting in behind, get, uh, getting, getting in inside and outside Blackburn. It was superb. You know, winning runners all of the time on both, on both flanks. All it, all it deserved was sometimes the final ball uh, was over the top. Blackburn had to had to cut out so many crops, so many crosses for corners uh, in the first half. It was untrue, but yeah, the fluid the fluidity of our play was superb in the first half, and James uh, has got a lot to be proud of for that. And Alex Scott, he tired a little bit at the end, but I mean, wow, what yeah. what a player! Calm under pressure and brave. In yeah, position. I was impressed. Brilliant, Les. Um, the starting there was only really one change, and that was uh, Andy coming in, coming Andy King coming in for uh, Tanner on the bench, which left us a bit light with the Callas. Uh, who's he? Uh, Callas, no sign of him coming back at all. Close, injured. Um, you know, there was only Wilson on the bench from a defensive standpoint. Um, and he's hardly a, a, a defender. He's not proven himself. And, and, and no Cameron Pring even now, you know. Uh, Nigel making a statement there, do you think? Not really. I think he's just thinking about different potential score lines and who could come on and make a difference, depending on the situation. I don't think we need to look too much into it. We we haven't got many numbers, so we're not blessed with centre-back options to come on the bench. I mean, Riley Taylor's on loan. The kid who played a bit towards the end of last season went on loan to Paul Simpson's team. So we haven't got the options, uh, but ultimately pretty consistent with what we've had in recent weeks. Yeah, and stick with it. And after those two defeats, as we say, it's uh, six league games in the two uh, games in the cup. Well, getting into the action, uh, City had, um, well, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I missed the first 20 minutes of uh, the game because I was down in my local uh, screw fix. But uh, I was listening to it on Radio Bristol and uh, I think Blackburn started okay, but we got uh, right back uh, into it and there was a whole sort of raft of uh, chances for City before we scored. Wells with a header wide when he should have done better. Scotty was wide. I think Hurst, uh, the, the player they got on loan, I think it was from, uh, was it from Everton? He was wide for the home team. And Leicester, then, uh, that? Was it Leicester? I don't know. But five minutes before the break, uh, j twice, um, once from a Jada Silver cross and once from Conway Wells, had uh, a shot blocked. So I guess, uh, Ian, when the goal came on 42 minutes, it was the least City deserved. And what a great goal it was, you know, with the powerful run from uh, Andy Vyman. But uh, talk us through the goal as you saw it, Ian. Well, I probably saw it the same way as you, and you've just described it, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a good... 
it was a, a, a good ball forward. Andy Vyman made a good wide run. Curled beautiful uh, ball. And I thought Conway still had a lot to do because he headed it just inside the far post, diving header. And the keeper was nowhere near it. In fairness, he couldn't get across the goal in time. So it was a very deserved lead at half time. And it's unusual. Well, it's not unusual this season. It's very usual that we start well. Because in previous seasons, we've been a team that needed to go a goal down before anything happened. But mm. we've started well. Um, and we had more possession, a lot more possession in the first half. than when you look at the stats at the end of the game throughout the match, we had more corners. Um, so there's definitely something going on there in terms of the way we play. I like the way Jay De Silva played throughout the game. He was about 20 yards further up the pitch on the majority of occasions. Yes, he was. Pressing, pressing their defenders to stop them playing the ball out. Now, that's absolutely vital. If you can do that, that cuts the service out to the midfield. I mean, if you get bypassed, you're in trouble, and that mm. happened a few times. But if you can stop them doing that and getting the service into the forwards, and in the end, once again, it, what caused us problems in the main was long balls. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was what I'd call a typical... Bristol City performance, stronger in the first half than the second. Yeah. Um, and uh, excellent in attack, not so great in defence. No. And, okay, yeah, we'll come on to the second there. half uh, goals in a minute. Um, Les, that uh, header from Tommy Conway, I think that's six goals in all competitions for him now. And that header that he tucked away, it was a bit similar to one. I don't know if you saw the Wigan game, but it looked a bit similar to that, where he sort of had to nod it. And I think he missed one against Wigan. But, I mean, it's a bonus the way Conway's come through, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a good header, to be fair. I mean, the cross by Vyman was was a perfect cross. Um, but he's headed it at the near post. He's literally within an inch of the post, you know what I mean? So the keeper mm. ain't got no chance. And I think he needed that, because I don't think he had a very good game at Huddersfield. And I think he was in the periphery for the first 40 minutes, even though we dominated. Yeah. Um, so for him to get that goal will boost his confidence. And, it, it, yeah, it was the least we deserved. I mean, that first half was the best first half that I can remember in years. Partly down to how good we were and partly down to Blackburn being unable to cope with us, I guess. Yeah, and you've got to bear in mind that Blackburn, you know, are one of the sides. They won their first three games of the season. It's all gone a bit... Pete Tong uh, of late, although they did win at uh, Blackpool in midweek, I think, where we lost. Uh, Mark, the goal, uh, the least City deserved. You know, if they'd have gone in based on that performance, and big praise indeed from Les saying it's the best half he's seen for a very, very long time. But uh, if they'd have gone in two clear goals, that would have been, well, even that probably an understatement of how good they were in the first period, yeah? Yeah, and you look at the origin of the goal. Alex Scott brings the ball out of defence. And plays it to Vyman. Now, there's a defender playing high at the pitch, steaming in, and Vyman pushes it round him. And he's he's yeah. on he's on his ass then. So he's got that space to run into. And it reminded me so much. It was it was a harder chance to take uh, than uh, like the Aaron Brown cross for Tony Fort when we beat Rovers in December 2000. But Vyman had a lot of work to do because he... he, he Sprinted to that ball and pushed it past past the defender, and then he was gone down the wing. But it's got to be finished off. It was a terrific cross, right on the money. And you know, you're a forward coming in, just take the pace off the ball. I mean, that's what he needed to do up at Wigan. But this was a bit harder because he's in full flight, Tommy Conway, and he buries it. A perfect, a perfect end to a perfect move. Really, yeah. it was terrific, wasn't it? Yeah, well, second half, um, the, the home side, as you'd expect, uh, they came at us with uh, four corners. It were all dealt with competently. Interesting that uh, Bradley Dack uh, came off, more famous now as a uh, reality TV star than uh, an outstanding championship uh, footballer. But uh, City got into their stride. Wells had a shot save. He headed wide when he should have scored from a Jada Silver cross. But Ian, talk us through that second goal as you saw it, and I'll keep quiet. So, 55 minutes, it's 2-0. <laughs> you take us through it. Oh, he's... Ian, speak up. All right, Les, take us through the goal again. Which, Scott well, the, the second goal. Oh, yeah. I was on mute. Uh, oh. Fantastic cross-field pass by Vyman. Yeah. Um, picked out Wells on his left foot. I thought he was going to have a pop with his left foot, but he, he took his time. Came inside, 
and accurately placed it uh, past the goalkeeper. He didn't hit it with, with great strength, but it was very accurate. Um, and when he put that one in, we went 2-0 up. I, I started, uh, I shouldn't have done it, to be honest, but I started relaxing a bit. But but today, two more assists for Weiman. Yeah. Um, so whilst, he, you know, if he's not scoring, he's getting assists. He's always a right pest to the opposition. Yeah. And lovely to see Naki, as I said, get two today um, after he scored the other day. And he almost got another header from another Jada Silva cross, but there wasn't quite the whipping pace on it. Yeah. The one that you put over the other night, so he edited it wide. But yeah, I mean, when your goal scorers are all scoring, and people looking at that team coming up against us are thinking, "Hang on a minute, they've got Naki Wells, he gets goals. This kid Conway doesn't seem bad. Well, I mean, they got Semenyo on the bench. They got Chris Martin. Uh, they got that. They got that bloke Wyman playing behind him. I mean, the front three. You can tell why Pearson always goes with that front three because that is the definitely something that's not broke. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah. as he said after the game himself, we need to fix some things in behind. We need to see games out better. We need to defend better. And we need to be more solid in midfield. So he's not carried away. I'm not getting carried away. What no. was it? Is it seven games we've played now in the league or eight? Eight. Right. 4-2-2. 4-2-2. So we, we lost the first oh. two. And now we're six undefeated. And then we got the two. And that was our, that, I'm thinking that's our first win away today as well. Yeah, yeah. No, and is. you missed out. And you missed out a bit, Ian. What's you missed that? Out a bit because again, it was Alex Scott on the edge of his area plays a great ball to Voiman. Yeah, no, you're plays a ball right. to Voiman. And and yeah. Naki, he's got three players around him, but he's so calm. You expect him to yeah. hit it in the far post. He hits it near post. Now, considering what gone before, that was a class finish. Ian, it was a good it? finish. It was an absolute was, class finish. And the thing is, this is what I said about Scott. Scott gets the ball. His first. Um, intention, if he can, is to play it forward. Now, okay, sometimes it gets picked off, sometimes he gets caught. I know that, but he is—he does that. Now, if it's Matty James, he's looking. Well, can I knock it to a defender? Can I knock it sideways? Most of the time, not all the time. And Joe know. Williams as well, probably in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say? And, and yeah. that's the type. That's what Scotty gives you in central midfield that he can't from right wing back. Yeah. So we need yeah. to persist with that. Yeah. Okay. Les, a um, couple of people were saying on OTIB, the way uh, on the forum, the way Wells took that goal, he, he gave the goalkeeper the eye and it was a placed finish. I mean, he's showing what he can do when you play him in the right position with a partner that is probably quicker than him. But, uh, you know, he, he, do you reckon he gave that keeper the eye? Because, you know, he, he well, I don't, yeah, he? maybe. I thought he initially, I thought he made a mess of it. I thought he's got the ball. There's some great ball by Byman again. He's bursting forward, run in, finish it off. But he's turned back on himself. But hey, it turned out to be the right decision because he's planted it in the near post. I mean, the goalkeeper's positioning perhaps needs to be questioned because it wasn't in the corner. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And when the boy in the corner and there's no pace on the ball or limited pace, there will be questions about the keeper, especially when you watch the highlight from behind the goal. But listen, Wells has had to be patient. He's a confidence player. Um, and he deserves credit because the way he presses, I've mentioned it every week, his pressing and his aggressiveness when the defence have got the ball, it makes such a big difference to us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. OK, well, the home side were coming back into it. On 66 minutes, uh, the defender, the midfielder, well, he might be a midfielder, I don't know, uh, Vale did a crossfield pass to uh, Diaz, which was uh, Brereton Diaz, which was uh, Jess Y. But then on 72 minutes, that was about 10 minutes after... Uh, the beast had come on. The beast was sort of caught in possession over on the far touchline. Um, defend, and then I think it was Eden uh, was the assist person there, another substitute for the home team. Should we have done better with that first goal, Ian? Yeah, I think we should. I think our once again, if if, if you look at our our marking, um, it, it's. I mean, you could tell with Bentley going going ballistic because there's there's two things. There's marking and there's picking up runners, and we didn't pick up the lad that scored. I mean, he took it round Naismith nicely, um, uh, and it would. But the ball in could have been stopped, and we stopped a lot of those balls today. Um, mm. But he took it. He took it around him nicely. I don't think Bentley had an awful lot of chance um, with that one, and uh, smashed it in the net. And it was a, a similar one from the third. That no doubt you'll get somebody else to explain. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was a good uh, finish. Uh, what were your thoughts, uh, Les, when that 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 went to two one? I think you said you you turned you you walked away from the TV for a bit because you thought here we go again. But then you did come well, back. Two minutes later. Well, well, <laughs> Les went to church, didn't you? To, yeah. and you sat in front of the, the font. Yeah, I thought <laughs> here we go again. I mean. Semenya's got caught in the corner. Like we said before, I thought he might have been fouled. I thought he might have been shoved over because he had three players around him. But Dolan made a big difference for them. That's what he does. He's got, he runs. He's got a lot of pace. He's quite tricky. And when a forward's got as much pace as he has, it scares the life out of defenders, doesn't it? And that then created gaps, which is how they scored their second goal as well. But yeah, I just thought, here we go again. Luckily, I checked my phone in two minutes, not 25 minutes to see we was 3-1 up. So happy days. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, that... Uh, that third goal which uh, should have put us uh, out of sight it was uh, it was from a corner uh, it was like ping pong I thought it had been given to Naismith but goal line technology came into play tell us uh, how, how you saw uh, how you saw that goal and uh, it clearly was over the line from uh, Wells but it was a decent finish from Naismith and some good footwork even though he wasn't given the goal yeah, it was a great header from Naismith, firstly, because it was like it was like it, it took uh, three bites of the cherry. He headed the ball from the right side of the box and it hit the base of the post uh, on the left on the left hand post. Came out to Wells on the, on the right on the right of the six yard box and he scored it. But of course, Kaminsky kicked it out. The, the goal hadn't been given then, so it fell to to Naismith. And he's on the right of the goal facing the other way and he has to he brings it back inside and hits it high into the roof of the net and you're thinking what a fantastic finish and Naismith thinking what a fantastic goal and then the, the, the play stops and he looks at the referee a bit bemused I think everybody watching it's bemused is the goal been disallowed of course it wasn't there was no offside what's no. going on but Wells had scored the goal. The ball that was over the line from his from his shot, it was behind the line. Kaminsky didn't kick, kick it, out, give it out, and Naismith getting his first city goal has been denied. So sorry, Carl, but na- it's Naki's goal, and there you go. So does the referee mark? Does the referee get a little buzzer that the ball has? Yeah, gone he over gets. The line? They, they wear they wear a watch, don't they? They get a yeah. they get a they got a buzzer on a watch that gives it if it if it yeah. the whole of the ball's got to be over the line. So, uh, you know, it didn't break the plane of the line. The whole of the ball's got to be over the line. It was over by a couple, a few millimetres by the look of it. Yeah. Because it, if you're watching, in, in, there's an in-play pop-up that says gold line technology, and you see how far the ball's over the line. Yeah. But it was just that, it was that stopping play where Naismith thinking, what's going on? You, you know, yeah. it's, it's no, so, I saw it. The Blackburn I... players were appealing for offside, which was, yeah. a, which was a joke. And you're thinking, we've just scored after conce- conceding a goal. They've upset us, clearly. When does that happen? I mean, this is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. No, think... We're free one up and we look like it's plain sailing. The cloud... uh, but when uh, the sky well... goes clear, the threat of rain is always here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, a word, uh, Les, for the referee today, Tim... Robinson. Um, I mean, the standard of refereeing, is it because they're operating a slightly more lenient approach? But, you know, I can't think of any decision that he took that I would think, oh, bloody old ref. Or to put it like to be, look, Dave, he, he, he didn't have any big decisions to make. So that makes the job of a referee a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, two teams, neither of which are particularly physical or aggressive teams. Um, not many late challenges, nothing contentious in and around the box, nothing that was violent conduct, nothing that was excessive force. So, yes, he had a good game, but in terms of championship football, you're probably not going to get much or many easier games to ref. Mm, no, that's interesting. OK, so the game's drawing to its close. Andy Vyman uh, could have done better. I think he hit a left foot shot wide. There were shots that were easily saved by Dan Bentley. Um uh, from Diaz and uh, Vale, but then uh, five minutes of uh, time added on. Uh, Ian, uh, the the goal that made it three two, Dolan and uh, Diaz this time. How did you see that goal? Again, could it have been prevented? What do you think? Well, Naismith tried to either trip or get in front of the uh, the guy that turned him, and I think that was Dolan. And uh, Dolan turned him, yeah, stayed yeah. on his feet. And poked a little through ball through to a diagonal run from I think it was Brereton Diaz, yeah, yeah. and uh, he ain't going to miss that. And 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 at that time, 
I was thinking, here we go again. You know, are we going to see concede two in the last ten minutes or another late goal? And but but I, I think when this is why I talk about this fading slightly in the second half. When we're on the front foot, there is absolutely no doubt we're a good team. All right, no doubt whatsoever. Nobody would say we're a poor attacking team. Right, but defending and the defensive part of the midfield. We're not a side, as Nigel Pearson says, and I rarely disagree with what he says after games, we're not a side that can sit back and let teams just come at us because they'll um, they'll pump balls into the box. And sooner or later, I mean, it happened, I saw the um, Burnley WBA game last night and all West Brom were doing was towing the ball in the box and Burnley just got deeper, deeper and deeper. And in the end, they got, I think West Brom got an equaliser in the 96th minute. Um but, you know, someone that's been there has just said that Nigel was going potty on the sideline throughout the last five to ten minutes. And and I must admit, I absolutely agree with him because it's stuff, as he said a million times, of course we work on it during the week. You know, when people say, well, don't you work on corners or anything like that? Of course we do it. Um, but I could understand him doing his pieces with people who he said, whatever you do in the next game, don't do that. And then they do it. Yeah, and what can you be specific? Can you be specific on that, Ian? In terms of don't do that as a you got one passage of play where you thought, for Christ's sake, why has he done that particular well, you, thing? You look at okay, look, look at their third goal. The, the guy turns Naismith basically. Now Naismith has either got to take one for the team and trip him up, or make sure. If he's going in for a challenge that the guy doesn't go past him one way or the other, he's either got to get the ball or knock him over. Mm. So he doesn't do that. Then when the guy runs at us, nobody goes in closing him down. So the things I, I talk about, closing down, mar- marking and tracking runners. Right? Who was tracking Brereton Diaz? Because whoever it was, I think it was Zach Viner. Or Mark Sykes, possibly. Sorry, Mark, Mark, Sykes. Sykes. Mark Sykes was the last man, which is surprising. Yeah. So Mark um, Sykes has gone across, across from the left wing with Brereton Diaz, and he's he's a yard short. Yeah. And you know, you you can't it'd be like giving Semenyo the same chance or Vyman. They they'll stick it in the net. I don't care who the keeper is. So those are the things that, that Pearson works on it from and I'm only going by what he said, not what I think. He works on that with them in training and the coaches work with them. Right, you track your runner, you do this. And then I think the other thing I criticise a lot of our defenders for, and Naismith is one of the worst, is ball watching. Mm. The, the, if you look at, um, I'll give you a perfect example of that, Pearson's cross for, um, not Pearson, who's a little midfield player at... Oh, um, no, the little midfield player at Sunderland. Pritchard. Uh, Pritchard. Right, you watch the, the, their winning goal. No one closes the cross down. Pritchard pings it into the front of the box and Naismith's ball watching. And the guy he's meant to be marking... Ross is Stewart. Still about, uh, Stewart is a yard behind him. Now, those are the things that will send Nigel Pearson apoplectic. And and it's not... you know, um, I'll, I'll be critical of Pearson where I think it's his fault, but they are working on these things. Now, I suppose one thing he could say is, well... This is the this is the best we've got. I'm never so sorry if we haven't got a far better. You know, I'm sorry if Callas isn't fit, but he's not. I'm sorry yeah. if I can't. <clears throat> I haven't got Tim Close on the bench, but he's not fit either. And but there and and signings like Closer and possibly Sol Bamba. And that's gone a bit quiet. That's yeah. what we can afford. We, yeah. we can't. Okay. We can't afford. You know, we can't afford better. We can't go out and get a top class lone player because well, and least of all now. Not there. Yeah. Least one now because the window's shut. Um, Les, is you know, Ian, when Ian was talking there, it sounds like players, and it's something that was levelled at, at, at Zach Viner, and he's certainly not the worst offender, and he's been an ever-present, I think, in this unbeaten run. But is it players, is it just a mental thing of switching off because they're talking about losing individual duels? And you could argue, I mean, we made substitutions today. Okay, it was a like-for-like substitution, striker for striker on the hour, but then... Masengo, okay, 19. The thing is, Dave, the thing, yeah, Dave you're, you're going to lose duels. 
you're going to lose jewels this championship. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to accept that the other team are going to play a good passage of play and then they're going to score a goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, Naismith probably shouldn't have got so tight to Dolan and Dolan's turned him and played a good through ball. That's what happens sometimes. There's no point overthinking it and overblaming people. Like last week, you deserve it because it was so bad against Blackpool. You deserve a bollocking. If there's a common trait of the same mistake happening over and over again, mm. they need a bollocking. Sometimes you've got to put your hands up and say, it's a good pattern of play. We made a small little error there. It happens. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Would you make those substitutions, though, because we're playing in a Cavalier style? We're 3-1 Yeah, up. I, would, I would make the, the substitutions. Alex Scott was outstanding for 70 minutes, and then he disappeared. Probably yeah. because he was knackered, right? Tommy Conway, or was it Naki Wells, went off for Joe Williams. I think it was Naki Wells. No, uh, Wells, with, with three yeah, minutes yeah. to go. Yeah. Makes absolute makes sense. I probably would have maybe even done it earlier. Do you know what I mean? To shore up the midfield. But if day. you shore up the midfield, you can stop some, as, as you rightly say, you know, when you've got players with the quality of Brerett and Diaz out there, they are going to have moments of skill that you just can't legislate yeah. for. Yeah. But, but if you, the bottle, thing, the thing is, if you just swamp the midfield, if you swamp the midfield. It makes it difficult. Yeah. It makes it difficult. And like when Dolan came on, if you, if you watched him when he was on the right hand side, because he was playing in the middle, but he drifted out to the right. When he ran against Atkinson, it was like, it was you're thinking, oh dear, here we go, here we go, because there was such a big difference in pace. You think it was just going to glide past him, and that's what some. I mean, he didn't do it, but if he did, what can you do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just got to put your hands up sometimes and think. Good passage of play. play. We we made a mistake maybe in our positioning, but that happens sometimes. It's a yeah. careless, silly mistakes that show a lack of concentration. Yeah. Like Blackpool, where people deserve a bollocking or if they keep yeah. making the same mistake. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I was joking there. Mark, <coughs> Zach Viner, um, your thoughts on, on him. He's come back. I thought he looked, I won't say he was the pick of the defenders today because they're all good. As Les said at the top of the program, you know, everybody was seven or an eight and some maybe even higher than that. But Zach Viner, um, he, he, he's done okay again, hasn't he, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all. I think it's all about timing with Zach. I mean, it, it, we've seen him a lot where players have got goal side of him really, really easily. I think when when City play a, a tight defensive line, and you, you watch the lines between between defence and attack are very are very tight uh, across, across the line. That certainly helps. You know, the team haven't got the, the, the team didn't have have space. Blackburn didn't have space to exploit, except in those last twenty minutes when we went to, went to went to sleep sleep a little bit. But if you watch him and watch the other defenders, the tackling in the penalty area is great. Blocking, I mean, some of the block, two or three of the blocks he made last week against Blackpool were superb. And another, you know, he's another player. We really thought end of the season, old Zach Viner, he's a player who'd be out the door if, yeah. if he could. But well, he's out of contract push. next summer he, as well. Yeah, yeah we've got, we we got a year option if, on him next summer. I've got a chart somewhere. I, I, I don't know, but I we think haven't. He's, we haven't. He's, he's he played really, really. He played really soundly in in a, in a very tight defence, apart from the last twenty minutes or so. But he he wasn't at fault. I mean, Miss Semenyo, you could have say was guilty for overplaying. Mm-hmm. And when they when they won that ball on the left hand side, they they attacked in numbers and they were in they were in behind us, and it was a goal. They weren't, it wasn't Viner's fault because the defence were, were exposed. The second one wasn't. I don't think was his fault. We just they just had space in front in front of, in front of the back three again, and and they took it very well. It's just consequence of a game but as a unit and a defence I think they've been very good two goals flattered Blackburn I yeah. think that will annoy Nigel Pearson because we were better than that but it's quite uh, prescient to notice that the two games when we were in particularly poor a bit against more direct teams if you were to say you put a lot of balls in the box Blackpool, when we relented after several phases of play, you know the ball's headed out and there's another cross and another cross and they wear and they wear us down. Today we never looked like that. We looked calm under pressure, and when we won the ball on the edge of our area, we attacked in numbers and we, we created chances. That's yeah. the that's the difference. The team move out. 
yeah. in in unison and create chances. That's the beauty in the first half. You're thinking, crikey, is this the Bristol City I've been watching for the last three seasons and look completely well, the last flat? four, isn't it? We, were, ter- we were terrific. Five years. Absolutely four, terrific. Five, well, we just needed, ago. but we need to put those chances away. I mean, I think that that's one of the other things from today. We take those chances early. I know it's hypothetical, in easy in hindsight, but we should have done. We could have been three or four up in at halftime, yeah. and that's what we've got to do. You've got to score when you're putting the other team under pressure, and we really build up the pressure. And the other good thing is we are progressing as a team. Each the last three performances of you know the Tuesday Wednesday's performance was good. This was a lot better again, and then we got Preston. Uh, Preston well, we're talking about we're talking week. about the games coming up. Yeah. In Ian. Uh, Atkinson, you know, we we he had a funny season last season. It was a big step up in standard. You know, we felt he was occasionally weak. He lost battles. I remember the game against Huddersfield, last game of the season. You know, he was just a bit. He's getting better and better every game. And you know, in he's out of contract in twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, he's he's if he carries on the way he's doing, he's going to be another player that is going to catch people's eye, isn't he? What does he need to do to make his game even better than it's heading at the moment for you, Ian? I, I think when he brings the ball out and he's getting better at it than he was last season, when he brings the ball out, he needs to make sure he finds a City player with a pass. Um, he needs to uh, improve his um, domination in the air because he's a big old unit. Um and if, and if he can do anything to increase his pace, because that's what central defenders... I mean, he's he's got decent pace for a central defender, but if he could stick another half a yard on it, um, I, I think that would be... I think distribution... If you've got Naismith, Naismith's passing is pretty good normally. I know he does the odd mm. faux pas. Um, but Naismith's distribution and his free kicks are pretty good. Um, Rob Atkinson needs to make make sure that his distribution is good, as does Zach Viner. I mean, we we've got a threat up front, and we need to find them, and that, and that can be over the top, and we, that needs to be a cushion pass. You know what I call a flat ping, but cushion, not just smashed, um, or or a pass on the ground. I, I still think um, we play the ball forward in the air too much, and a lot of the time we play it forward towards Naki. And, and that's just, you know, that's exactly where a six foot three centre half wants the ball played to Naki Wells in the air. Mm. So if we can do better in getting the ball into their feet, because let's face it, we need to score lots of goals because we concede lots of goals. In the last two away games, we've conceded five goals yet, yeah. picked, up, picked up four points. So th- that's proof in point that we need to, okay, at home. We haven't conceded in th- in three games. You know, we've conceded three goals in total in four home games. So, yeah. so that's a, a major step forward. So, yeah. you know, it, it's having, and I think with all the defences, someone's commented on there that that Pearson's comments about our better composure, and that's what you need at the end of these games. You need to be composed to be able to hang on the ball, play low risk football, and keep the ball. In their half, and and preferably somewhere up near the corner flag when when you're winning, because I I've never seen a team score from there. No, that's that's true. Les, here we are. We're a sixth of the way into the season. Six eights is forty eight, but do the maths on there. If you extrapolated, that's eighty four points. Take a few off. What do we need to do to stay? where we are how are we gonna say that because it was a test today keep keep people fit yeah if we keep people fit uh we've got a very good championship squad when you look at the strength of the league this year Sheffield United I think are probably the best team in the league Norwich are top but they're going through a period of transition they've been winning games ugly without playing well like I've said before there's no standout team in this league so this is as good a chance as any for us to make that step into the playoffs but we need to maintain the standards that we've set so far. I think people need to understand we will play against teams that we expect to win and we're going to lose. That's what happens in this league. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It happens to every team. So we just need to accept that that's going to happen. It's part of the process. And don't get, there's a bit of what Pearson says, isn't it? Don't get too up, don't get too down. 
we're going to play teams who are, we think we're going to struggle like today. We thought we were going to have a really tough game today and we come away with a three points. So keep people fit, keep the squad together, keep playing with two forwards who are going to press. Mm. Um, don't need to reinvent the wheel because it's working at the moment. And I don't see any reason why things are going to take a big turn. I mean, look, we're playing Preston next. We could lose that game 1-0, 2-0. It can happen. Yeah. That's what happens in this league. It's just about yeah, responding and they're, taking each game as it bogey, comes. They're a bogey side, uh, Preston. They lost their first game uh, of the season today at home to Birmingham. And again, they were very active in the transfer market. Don't know how they do that, but that's another story. Mark, I mean, Les has said it's keeping fit, uh, keeping the squad fit. You know, there's Callas to come back. We've got strength in depth, even if you look at the bench uh, today. I mean, what do we need to stay here now for the next eight months? I mean, we, we, we need to keep players fit because that's killed our season. You know, you know, soft tissue injuries, hamstring injuries, all over the, all over the place has really done us. And, and we, he, Nigel Pearson couldn't play uh, couldn't play the same side one, from one week to the other because he just didn't, didn't you know, just didn't have a have a chance, so it's it's been able to do that. That's that's helped him, I think, with a, with a small squad and the emergence of players like Tommy Conway. I mean, for Tommy Conway, I think he scored he scored four league goals now. I just I, I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, you know, after last last season, he's getting regular games, but it's the work rate of the side, the club, the side are working so much harder, both in and out of possession, and we're playing riskier football by playing a high defensive line but it's working because we we win the ball uh, back more often than not and we were able to recycle the ball and and start attacks and we look good great across the pitch we could have scored even more goals the chances we're creating and right now we're uh, you know Sheffield United haven't played we're the top scorers in this division we're surrounded by teams with parachute payments we're close to to FF going over our FFP but you know it's looking great right now. Long way to go, but eight games in the season, I think things are brilliant, and we're just a work in progress. So yeah. let's keep it going. We're, Ian, keep, fit, keep the good work up. Ian, fitness obviously key, but you know our most expensive ever signings due to come back at some point. But uh, what are the what are the what are the risks? You know, as Les has said, you can lose, you can beat anybody in this division on your day. Equally, you can lose to. Uh, Anybody, nobody expected Middlesbrough, for instance, to be down there. I know they've played a game fewer, but uh, how do we keep in that in that position? Well, one thing that we did, that Middlesbrough didn't, is we held on to our best players. They didn't. They yeah. sold them. Um, what do we do? Well, I'll echo what the other two lads have said. Fitness. You know, we need mm. to get Calas in closer fit because if we're playing with three centre-backs, it only wants Naismith to get a one-month injury, and all of a sudden, you're playing Cameron Pring at left centre-back um, and moving Atkinson into the middle because there's no one to come in, unless you're going to blood one of the youngsters like Joe Lowe, who's, I think I'm right in saying, is the tallest centre-back at the club. And he's he's now 20. Yeah. And I notice he hasn't gone out on loan, whereas we've put Duncan Ida and Riley Tower, Towler out on loan. So it might be that Pearson thinks... Well, he's right-sided. We, we don't know about Sol Bamba yet, but reading about his performance for the under-20... It wasn't great, was it? was it? Well, I wouldn't say it wasn't great. I mean, they said that some of his defending was very good, but his passing looked off, as it would be, because the bloke hadn't played a game of football in three or four months. Mm. Um, so that could be something we do. And that's, once again, a bit like Tim Closer when he's fit. That's the type of player you bring in with... 20 minutes to go to help you close a game out. And especially if you're playing somebody, it's going direct. But I would say injuries, we have to keep playing attacking football because at the moment, uh, away from home, we're finding it difficult to not concede and keep clean sheets. If you look at Preston, who we're playing next, they scored two goals in eight games. Yeah. Two. And but they've only conceded one, so it's a and they've got 11 points. 
So they, they are in, in that category. I mean, it could be named after them, difficult to beat. Yeah. Um, so, and, and they they have got, I mean, I like that uh, Reese who plays up, who got that cracking volley against us last year. I like him mm. as a centre forward. So they must, they, they play a, a three at the back. They play a three, one, four, two. Um, and, you know, the game today against Birmingham, they dominated possession, uh, but for, they had 65% possession, but they only had three shots on target, which makes me think, well, if we can get, a, certainly if we can get two goals, we should beat them because they're lacking a cutting edge. Yeah, and they never did come in for uh, Naki Wells. OK, let's roll the clock forward. It's only four months, uh, September, October, November, December. Les, get to the post-Christmas period or the turn of the year, yeah? And uh, we go back to 2017 and uh, it all went wrong after the Wolves game and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But if we get to Jan and we're up there where we are now or in the playoffs, we're amongst it. You know, we're not going to be in the top two like we were in 2017-18. What do you do if you're the board and 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 you've got there by playing a standard of football that has evolved literally over the last well the last six games basically in the league yeah it's is an identity and it's a way of playing what do you do about the uh, somebody said when scott was interviewed on radio bristol he hinted there might be movement in january do you let those players, because those players that are the high targets, right? Let, what do you let, do? Do you hang right. on and think, let's go for it, or mm-hmm. do you cut and run and maybe disappoint all the fans again because you have a abysmal second well, look, half of the look, season? Look, the likes of Scott and Semenyo, they're going to go right. They're either yeah. going to go in the next at Christmas or January or in the summer or maybe the January or the summer after that. The difference between Pearson and Lee Johnson, who was manager when he was talking about it, is that Pearson is seeing things in a very different perspective. Johnson was getting carried away. He was getting excited, whereas Pearson's doing the opposite. So I don't think we're going to see just like a wholesale change to our policy. We're not start, going to start spending money and going for it mm. because we can't afford to, right? And also we don't need to because this group of players... We're obviously going through a period of transition. We're now making progress. Our top level ain't going to be at Christmas. It's going to be potentially in six in a year's time. Do you know what I mean? And let's say we lose Semenyo, Semenyo who at the moment is a bit part player, albeit one who will be a starter in the next few games, I would have mm. thought. We sell him 15, 20 million, right? We've suddenly got the summer to make some big signings. Okay? Yeah. And I don't mean big wages. I mean big quality. Um, so... I don't think we'll sell people in January because ultimately January is a tough window to buy people in. It makes more sense to sell them in the summer and get that time to bring the players in. But we're also assuming we are going to be in and around the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Well, we we have a shocking run. We end up 14th, 15th. Completely different thing to look at then, isn't it? Different scenario. Of course. But Again, I don't think we'll sell these players unless we get a very good offer. We get a very good offer, we'll sell them. If we don't, we won't sell them. We'll wait yeah. to the summer. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Ian? I mean, come Jan, let's assume it's Semenyo. Now, you could say, well, we keep him for six months and then, you know, oh, we didn't get promotion after all. We didn't get to the playoff final. Do you, you know, and he's one year closer to him being able to walk for nothing. I mean... Mark Ashton said 2017-18, he said, oh, well, we may not be ready to go up this year. I remember him saying that. Uh, you know, you've got to take the chance if it if it comes. But what happens in, in, in Jan? Do we, break the, do we break the side up? And three or four of the players in 2017, well, three, Flint, Joe Bryan and Bobby Reid, they weren't the players in the second half of the season that they were in the first, were they? So what do you think? No, they retired because we had a small small squad of, of competent players. Um, look, if we get, let's be sensible about this, if we get an offer, or if we had had an offer of the right money, and we know the right money for Semenya or Scott is 20 million starting and then achievable add-ons, because at the moment, people go on and on about add-ons and the transfer goes up to, we haven't had any add-ons on Joe Bryan, 
we haven't had any on Bobby Reed, we haven't had any on Adam Webster, we haven't had any on Lloyd Kelly, Josh we haven't had any on Josh, Josh Brownhill. Right? Yeah. So forget it. It's gonna take 20 million to get them out of the um out of the club. Now at that point, that gives Nigel Pearson and his recruitment team some money to invest. Now, imagine this scenario. You get to Christmas and we're top of the table, and we've done it before, right? And let's just say we get there and we're top of the table. You can say to these guys, you want to play Premier League football next season and play because you know if you go to a, a let's say, a top six, eight Premier League club, you ain't going to play that often. Yeah. Right? At the moment, um, Antoine's not get, not starting in the Bristol City team. Now, I know he's being given um, uh, a slow build-up to come back, and I think he's a cracking player. But... If he goes somewhere like um, one of the top six sides, and you look at the strikers that they've got, I mean, for, or, or let's let's go to a side that's struggling at the moment, Villa. If he goes to Villa, whose place is he going to take? Danny Ings or Ollie Watkins? And that's in yeah. a side that's, that's struggling. You know, he's yeah. not going to go to one of the top sides. And and if you look at it, if they bring him in, the chances are they might bring them in, buy them for big money. And then loan them back to a championship club or a lower Premier League club. It's you know, stranger things have happened. So and that's what could I, happen this I, that's I, what I could happen this January with both Scott and Semenyo, couldn't it? Well look, you can keep spinning round and going through all these different scenarios and spin round yeah. a great big circle and disappear up your own derriere. So I'd say yeah. that window's over. If we get to the January window, and Les is spot on, it's a difficult window, and everybody says that because the prices go up and, and, and okay, by that time, you might say, let's say Semenyo scored 10 or 12 goals by then. You might say, well, he was 20 million. He's now 25 to 30. Mm. Let's, let's start, let's start mm. looking at that. And then that is the whole point. And, and then, yes, you could, I mean, the kid that equalized for West Brom late last night, they just sold it, signed him from Salford. So there, yeah, there's, that's right. there's there. and we've got Seb Palmer Holden, who, who I really like the look of, proper goal scorer, proper number nine, coming coming up through the academy. So yeah. you know, there's there's reasons to be cheerful, and I wouldn't worry about it. I I'm honestly more concerned about the fact that about it. My guess, eight. Well, I'm not concerned that we're we'll lose about eight to 10 million pounds worth of salary payments, but about 25 million pounds that we've paid for players, my guess is of the 15 out of contract, and that includes Nathan Baker, because don't forget, we're still paying his wages. Of the 15 out of contract, I reckon one will definitely stay and one will probably stay and the rest will go. And that's including the ones we've got options on. Yeah, no, it's inter- It's always interesting following the Bristol City. I mean, Mark, uh, you remember back in 76, um, we had the club, and we talked about it several times, the club had offers for uh, for uh, Tom Ritchie and, uh, um, was it Merrick, uh, I think, wasn't yeah, it, that spring? Yeah, combined, so combined 250,000. 250, according to Jeff, Jeff Merrick's um, autobiography, which is out, I recommend it if anybody wants to buy it, is that I think that the deal was, was done by City. And Jeff, being a club man, you know, gen, a, a true gentleman, you don't see players like that anymore. You know, like a, well, he would have been a one club man if it hadn't been for the, uh, the Ashton Gate 8. Wonderful human being. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. No. Uh, I don't think either player wanted to go. They wanted to stay behind. But uh, I think um, uh, Robert Hobbs used that as a tool to encourage, you know, fans encourage season ticket sales. So the club didn't need to sell. But I mean, Arsenal, Arsenal came in. But if you look at look at those players, I mean, unless we get ridiculous offer in January, and because of the, the the transfer window, the club holds the cards. The players are both are both under contract. I can't yeah. see us going for big wages again. 
and spending and spending big big money again. We're going to be in, in a low wage category, more in the in the realms of of, of, of Barnsley when they did their money ball signings. In, yeah. in looking for players with good stats, young, hungry players, so that airs towards players coming up through the academy. I'm excited by the likes of yeah. you know Dylan Cadgley, Sam yeah, Palmer, well, Harden. I'd rather have those. Sort Ariola of and Low, as Ian's pointed out, because Steve. Well, look, look, look. At the, the basis, the basis of that team in the seventies was the, the, you know, like the Colts that uh, that John Sillett brought, brought through. The, the, the tranche of players that got through to the, the 1973 FA Cup for, uh, FA Youth Cup. For Final that they lost to Ipswich. That group of players, David Rogers, Gary Gary Collier, went on to represent the first team with with distinction. Plus the players we recruited from Scotland, like Jerry Gow, don't see players like that anymore. Bless him. And then we Steve Ritchie, Tom's brother, went back, and then we got a diamond in, in Donny Gillis. Yeah. So marry those players up, but they 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 were you know moulded in, in the Bristol in the Bristol City way. So that really airs towards academy players or city looking perhaps below for young hungry players not going out and spending big loans no, I think the days, or look definitely the on, days on some players we're more likely to look for young starlets uh yeah. you know like that like that what uh, west brom player or bringing players through and and i think that 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 bodes well yeah. uh, for the academy and that's what we want to see we love no more luke donnies and ryan kent's and no, people like that. I mean, it's feasible. Like I think you know, if Scott and Semenyo do well, as 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 well, every know, club's a selling club, aren't they, David? Of course they are. If, those two, that's, that's if those two do well over the next three or four months, I think it's highly feasible that if an offer has come in, they could loan, they could be loaned back to us for the remainder of the season because they're both quite. Even if even if Semenyo went to uh, Crystal Palace, which is you know, I'll call it a bottom third. Well, yeah, it's not one of the top teams there. He's not going to walk straight into the side and they might think, well, we've got him now. Yeah. And then for the balance of the season, he comes back and plays for us. And then, as we say, next summer with all these players out of contract, as Ian has said, it's about 8 million off the wage bill based on their current contract. 25 million of transfer fees going out the is, door. Is, Semen- no. is Semenyo out of contract? At the no, end he's got, we've got a year option, right? So he can't leave until... The following so his, his contract ends ne- ne- next correct. summer, but we triggered a year option. Is that we, right? We can trigger it next summer. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. But, but Scott, um, Scott's, uh, Scott's under contract for about three more years, isn't he? 25. Of course, we've got, and we've got Benarus to come. I mean, I think a lot of credit has to go to Brian. And, and, his, um, and, his, and his dad's a great guy. We've got to say that here, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. A lot of credit's got to go to Brian Tinian uh, because, you know, I mean, the people, I don't say ridiculed the academy, but it's really starting to pay dividends. And Dave, you know, can I just jump in and say one thing about Semenyo? Yeah. The one thing we need to be aware of is that we can extend his contract by a year, but we don't want him to do a Masengo and run his contract that one year down and then leave on a free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Masengo's worth... I don't know, two to five million max. This guy's worth 15 to 20 million. Yeah. So it may be a case of selling him at January to stop the danger of him leaving next to nothing. How many top Premier League teams are going to spend 20 million quid on a championship player who's got one year left on his contract? That's the question they've got. We got. Well, they haven't. Who, who, name it. Who? Who's a, who's a championship forward who's gone for 20 million to a Premier League team with one league year left in his contract? Tell me one. There's always a first, Les. Well, it hasn't happened, has it? How, how long did at least have on his contract? Chelsea just paid 20 million quid for a bloke out of Aston Villa's reserves. Yeah. yeah. What's that got, what's that got, what's that got to do with Semenyo and a championship striker and a one year left in his because contract? Because if he's, it's got nothing if to do he's with scoring it. a ton of... Berrett and Diaz... Brereton Diaz has got one year left in his contract. Yeah. Blackburn wanted 15 million quid for him. Leeds came up with a 12 million quid bid. And Brereton yeah. Diaz is an international striker who's proven at this level beyond Semenyo is. It's all one year left. They offered 12 million. They wouldn't go more. So, we'll, trying, so this idea pick, that yeah. Semenyo will go for, Semenyo won't go for 20 quid with one year, 20 million for one year left in his contract, in my opinion. And that's a concern. Yeah. We're speculating. Guys, guys, we're speculating. Steve, Steve, Steve is... 
Sorry. Sorry, what? So you say you don't give him the extension, you just sell him for whatever you can oh, get. Oh, no, 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 you no, give him no, the extension. No, he, he, of course no, you give him the extension. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying is you've got to be aware of that potential situation happening. So it might yeah, be the goes down. His value goes down. Yeah, the, bu- the, buy, the, buy, the buying club are saying, look, there's only a year left on his contract. We're not prepared to raise that offer. So yeah. here's so our cards say, on the table. Yeah, we'll so make this, out, this offer. So you say to the buying club, right, that's okay. Then I notice you're in the bottom three of the Premier League. You won't be able to buy him next year anyway, will you? Or you might want to buy him because they'll get you out of the championship. If you've got a guy... And then, what happens, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then what happens is it becomes a bit of a bidding war, which means Semenya's head gets turned no. even further, which means there's absolutely zero chance of him signing a new contract if that's ever on the cards anyway. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, look at you're right. Look just got to be Farmer. aware. You're right. Got, just got to be aware that if he has one year left on his contract because we've offered him a new deal, it's going to be difficult to get 20 million. It may be a case that selling him at Christmas is the only time that's where the we can get maximum value. value. No, I get that. And interesting, Steve has pointed out, I read this as well, he sacked his agent, the, the former footballer of little consequence, Trevor Finnegan, and he's appointed his dad as his agent. Yeah, And I don't know whether that still applies to Masengo or whether it ever did, but Masengo... You know, he, he's off and he's going to walk. He is going to walk next summer. And he's, yeah. he's he's free for somebody and he'll get a much better deal than yeah. if he signed a contract. Now, yeah, and that's, that's where it's going. It's all about money. Guys, look, it's been... It's been it's players been... are running down their contracts, Dave. They're being yeah. told to do that by their agents, right? You've got a whole pile of players. If people keep quoting Masengo, you've got a whole pile of players. Just mentioned there's 14 who are still here. That will probably be going out the club who we paid a lot of money for. So, yeah. who do you blame for those players leaving? Should no, we? But we're not the only victims in this because it applies to other clubs. It's going to be, you know, yeah. we've um, got our house in order next summer, and um, you know, we're not, we, we you know, up. we're not, we're not the only people that are going to get on the rough end of players we'll walking. Pick, we, yeah, but we'll got, pick we up their Smith to a point, didn't we? Well, we'll so pick we up their out, their out of contract players. Right, we picked yeah. up Mark Sykes out of contract. Right, we picked Kane up Wilson. Kane Wilson. Like, all right, we got to pay a little bit of compensation on Kane Wilson out of contract. Uh, we signed Tim Closer last season out of contract, free of agent. Contract, yeah. So it, it it cuts it cuts both ways. You can't expect to keep, no. um, you know. If and if you've got at the moment, we haven't got any money to spend. So you you that's what you've got to do. And that's what you've got to sign. And Masengo, yeah, we won't bring we won't bring any players in in January unless players move out. It's, it's, we're good. We'll have the same players. Well, look, no question about look, that, yeah. guys. Guys, let's, right. uh, let's let's um, sum up and uh, Mark. Don't let's come. look forward to the next game. Let's look forward <laughs> to the next game. And don't anybody say, "Oh, can I just want to say one last thing?" As I said to you the other week, Mark, you just said it. One last thing. Um, look, it's it's great to be a you know barely a month ago. We were feeling despondent after two defeats in the in the league, uh, and we've come back. We're in the cup. We got that to look forward to in November and possible progression. We've got a free scoring team. We're easy on the eye. We're sat up there in uh, in uh, third. Um, and as the song goes, "Sweet dreams are made of this." You know, we dare we dare to hope. And that's what being a Bristol City fan is all about. There's a few threads on the forum today where people are getting a getting a feeling, yeah, that there's that good feeling. But you just you can just tell with the players they seem to be playing. They're a good unit and they're chasing everything, and it's good stuff. Mark, Ian, Les, thanks for your time this evening. As always, everybody who's listened, good audience. Thanks for everybody that's helped us blast through ninety-five thousand downloads, five thousand listens, or whatever you want to call it. In August, I think we might even break the 100,000 download barrier before the international break. Maybe, probably not, but uh, certainly uh, in October. So everybody who's contributed, um, that's that's really uh, that's really good. Guys, have a good weekend. Good to have your company. I'm going to have a better weekend now. Hooray! Yeah. All right, cheers, guys. Cheers, Ian. All the Sweet dreams are made of these Who am I to disagree? I travel the world and the seven seas Everybody's looking for something Some of them want to use you Some of them want to get used
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.